Lecture topic. Ibad it with taqwa. وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَّبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ الَّذِينَ يُنفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظَ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ من قوم غيظا وهو قادر على انفاذه ملا الله قلبه امنا وايمانا او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected on my kiram brothers and elders this ayat of the quran sharif allah tala says to us wasari'u hasten rush insan everybody is so busy all the time and all the time everybody is on the move everybody is rushing some way or the other and always somebody or the other is very busy so we all the time on the move and rushing here there and everywhere allah taala is also saying to us hasten but hasten towards what generally all the running around that we do is confined to what is going to be trying to better our dunya the latter i saying hasten towards improving the akhirat so sari'u ila maghfiratin mir rabbikum hasten towards the maghfirat and forgiveness of your rabb and towards jannat the jannat is such arduha samawati wal ard its breadth the expanse of the breadth is the distance between the heavens and the earth or generally the breadth is the shorter le- shorter distance the length sometimes might be double triple is just meant to express to us the vastness of jannat beyond our comprehension and then allah taala says this jannat is for who so we are being told hasten towards it and hasten because there's no guarantee of tomorrow tomorrow is too far away there's no guarantee of tonight also what moment is there make use of it because after this moment has passed whether the next moment will be available nobody has any idea sometimes in a matter of moments a person is here and gone also sometimes a person there's some signs coming now that this is a mehman now person is so ill and the doctors are saying that now all the vitals are beginning to fail so anybody sees it coming and sometimes nobody sees it coming person is walking and suddenly is gone so whether the next moment will be available or not nobody knows allah is saying take this is the greatest capital that allah taala has blessed the mu'min with the capital of time but depends how it's used allah taala says hasten towards his maghfirat and his jannat but who is this jannat for jannat is for uiddat lil muttaqin Jannat has been prepared for the muttaqeen. Iman, Iman is the ticket to Jannat. Without Iman, there will be no entry to Jannat. Person has left this world without Iman, then he is doomed to Jahannam forever. But direct entry into Jannat, then direct entry into Jannat, Taqwa is required for it. 
Otherwise, Allah forbid if a person left dunya without taqwa, Allah's prerogative, Allah Ta'ala forgive somebody, otherwise he'll have to go through the cleansing process of Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala save us from that. So Allah Ta'ala says, look, this Jannat is prepared, meaning this direct entry to Jannat is prepared for the muttaqeen. In numerous places in the Quran Sharif and in the Ahadith, you'll find Jannat and the aspect about Jannat for the muttaqeen. You won't find anyway in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Jannat u'iddat lil musalleen. Jannat has been prepared for the musalleen. If a person is not a musalli, he is not performing salah, he can never be muttaqi. Without salah, there is no taqwa. Taqwa is very deficient. But it can happen that a person has salah in his life, but still not muttaqi. Without salah, he can never be muttaqi. But he can be musalli and not muttaqi still. If a person doesn't have fasting in his life, then there is no taqwa without fasting. But it can happen a person, mashallah, let alone fasting in Ramadan, he's even keeping a lot of nafil fast as well, which is a very great ibadat. Like the person performing the first salah, he's also making much nawafil too. Very great ibadat. But despite the salah, and despite the fasting, and despite the zakat, and together with the zakat, much charity, and despite hajj, and despite umrah, and repeated umrah, but it's still possible that with all this a person is still not muttaqi. Without this he can't be muttaqi. But with all this he can still be possible he's not muttaqi. And Jannat is for the muttaqeen. How can that be? A person has got salah in his life, let alone the farz. He's even making the farz wajib sunnah, he's making a lot of nawafil, he's making tahajjud every night. Let alone Salah and the Nawafil also he's got together with that tilawat of the Quran Sharif, a lot of zikr, tasbihat, which are all excellent and very great ibadat. And the more that he performs of all this, the greater benefit it will be to him. And then he's fasting and nafil fast, mashallah, alhamdulillah. A lot of sadaqah, charity, umrah, a lot of other good deeds. But how can he still not be muttaqi? Because taqwa, the essence of taqwa, is to refrain from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. A person not performing his salah, he's also disobeying Allah Ta'ala. So the taqwa is not there. A person who's not giving his zakat is disobeying Allah Ta'ala. And a person who's performing his salah and he's fasting and he's giving his zakat and he's made hajj and he's done all so many other righteous deeds, but he's not looking after his gaze, he's not muttaqi. Mashallah, he's a musalli, he's a sayyim, he is a person who is doing a lot of amal, but despite all that amal in the court of Allah Ta'ala, this person is not recorded as muttaqi because he's committing guna, his sin. Mashallah, with all the amal the person is doing, but at the same time, he's not fulfilling the requirements of deen in terms of his akhlaq. So now that poor akhlaq, it's trampling somebody's rights and somebody's being hurt and somebody is being abused and somebody is something else. So this is nullifying taqwa in a way. And on the day of Qiyamah the fear is all the salah and zakat and fasting and hajj will be dished out to somebody else. So the lesson is being given repeatedly in the Quran Sharif that look the most important 
aspect is taqwa and taqwa will include everything now nothing will get left out of taqwa without fasting without salah without zakat without hajj the taqwa is not taqwa you know taqwa then so everything came away the positives the things to be done and what's to be refrained from this entire combination now this makes a person muttaqi allah taala says this jannat is prepared uiddat lil muttaqin for those who have taqwa now this is that very crucial part which we sometimes take for granted that i am alhamdulillah doing some things so it doesn't matter what else i do also meaning some good is done so if something else is happening on the other side doesn't matter it might balance out it might not balance out this might wipe everything out and those who had this consciousness now we, this ayat of the quran sharif started on this hastening they were always what best they could do in every regard in doing the amal mashallah they tried their best in that too and if they couldn't do something which was of a very high level that too they still had that zeal in their hearts how i wish i could do this too so not a compulsory level because that has to be done one very great personality hazrat abdullah bin mubarak rahmatullah alai very great muhaddis mujahid and very very great personality you'll find the books of hadith sharif bukhari sharif and muslim sharif and all filled with narrations which are narrated through the chain of abdullah bin mubarak rahmatullah alayhi very very great personality contemporary of imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi etc right at the top so he passed away after he passed away somebody saw him in a dream so the dreams they are true dreams they are dreams without any significance also it's not something to make a basis for any shar'i ruling but you can take a lesson from it this person saw him in a dream so he asked him that how did things go for you so he said well alhamdulillah everything went very well but i am envying the position of the blacksmith that used to live across the road from me i'm envying his position now there was one person who was a blacksmith a iron monger simple person living across the road from abdullah bin mubarak rahmatullah alayhi he had passed away some time before in the dream he saying to this person who's asking him how did things go alhamdulillah everything went very well but i'm envying the position of the blacksmith that lived across the road from me and when this person woke up he remembered this dream and it jolted him abdullah bin mubarak the great muhaddis mujahid of the time There are some ajeeb incidents about him. No time to go into those details. But maybe just one incident about his generosity. Once he decided to now go for Hajj, and he, that was his standard. One year he would go for Hajj, one year in jihad, and so his standard routine. So when he planned now to go for Hajj, so many people wanted to join him. What an opportunity to be in the company of a person of this caliber! So as people came to him that you're going for Hajj, yes, I want to also join you. It's very good, no problem. no problem as everybody now came along eventually he said to them look whoever wants to join me i have a certain system and tartib that you want to join me then i will take care of all the arrangements so your money is you deposited with me and then all whatever the transport and the food and whatever else then i will sort all that out make the arrangements so people came they brought their little parcels of whatever money they had for the expenses 
marked it, this is so and so's, this is so and so's, took it on, deposit made so to say. And everything was now collected, everything was now, and as the time came, he said, well okay, everything is all sorted out, transport, how many people, everything sorted out, by ship they would go, came for Hajj, just to cut the long story short, throughout the journey he took care of everything, to the extent that after now when they were about to return, he said, maybe now you have some feeling of taking some tabarrukat back home, so take the tabarrukat as well. So people said, but you don't know how much is left, he said, don't worry, we'll sort that out later. Everybody took all those, what needed, they needed to take back home. And now this entire journey, and those days the journeys used to be for months on end, sometimes six months, eight months by the time they returned. So finally when they returned, few days later, all those who had accompanied him for Hajj, he gave them a dawat. He says, after all we've been together for such a long time, and we all became like one family. So everybody please, I'm inviting you to come and join me for one meal. Everybody came, when they came after the meal was over, now he had somebody bring back one box or whatever, and opened it out, whatever parcel somebody gave him was just like that intact, he said, please you take this, this is yours again. It was just here in Amanat, that was all from my side. The entire journey of Hajj, he took care of that entire group, purely out of his pocket, and returned everybody's money intact back to them. You might wonder, I wish I was living in that time. But in any case, this was the caliber of the person. So now he passed away and this person is seeing in a dream that he is saying to him, I'm envying the maqam and the position of that blacksmith. So this started playing in him, he said, I must go and find out, something is, there's some secret to this. So he traveled, traveled all the way to the place of Dullah and Barakah to stay far away from him. Many days journey, he went, he asked somebody, where does Abdullah and Barak live? He said, no, he passed away. He said, okay, but where you used to live, a certain place. Then he comes there and he says that, uh, was there any blacksmith living around here? They say, well, opposite the house where Abdullah ibn Barak used to live. Now all this is falling into place now. So eventually he goes to the door, he knocks on the door, so some lady answers from inside. So he says, is this the house of so-and-so who was a blacksmith? He says, yes, my husband passed away, but... So he says, well, what was special about him? What was special about him? He was just an ordinary person, did his work for the day, fulfilled his duties of deen. So then he related his dream now from behind the parda now, he related, this is why I've come all the way. That I am sure that there is something special about this person. But Abdullah bin Mubarak, such a great personality, an alim and a muhaddith of his caliber, mujahid of his caliber, and he's saying, I'm envying the position of this blacksmith, there's some secret to this. So when he related the dream, she said, look, he was that, that same ordinary person, but nevertheless, there's two things that come to mind. There's two things that come to mind, which maybe Allah Ta'ala blessed him with this present position on this note. What are the two things? One, he says that, well, he was, this was his work. Now those days that was, the iron now had to be held into that fire, that furnace, and when it's red hot, now you stamp it quickly, that was the job, how they would make things. And very difficult now, in standing close proximity to that burning heat. And now when this has, after, you can't, it doesn't happen in one minute, stand holding that iron for a good period of time before it's ready to be stamped. So it's a lot of job involved, and a lot of intense work. Very difficult. But she says that when he was busy, sometimes he has held that iron into that fire for so long,
and is now red hot and ready to be stamped and shaped and he has picked up his mallet to start stamping it and at that time he would hear the azan as soon as the azan started he would drop that mallet from there the call of my rub has called now this whole process this is going to go cold now when he comes back he has to start from scratch again he says the call of my rub has called and he would leave everything as is and proceed to the masjid then when he would come back afterwards he will carry on whatever, whatever he had to do this was one thing very special about him that he never delayed at all for his salah sari'u, hasten hasten towards the goodness, towards the righteousness so he had this hastening towards righteousness towards salah and then the second thing see, well the second thing is he would come home after Isha perform a few rakats then he would come out of the house or look out from the window whatever it might have been and he would look across the road and across the road was the house of Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. and in the summer months it was his standard practice he would come out Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi, would come out on the roof of his house like a kind of roof garden it might have been and he would spend the entire night in ibadat he says my husband would come out and he would just gaze in that direction and then he would turn to Allah Ta'ala say Allah I am unable to do this I've had a very long day I'm unable to now spend the whole night standing in ibadat and then tomorrow I still have to get back to earn a halal living for my family but I wish I could also do the same so this was Nafil his farz, this was his approach to his farz without any delay he was there and the nafil what he could do he did not that he didn't do anything he did what he could do how much he could few rakats he performed then he would come out and he would look in this direction and he say ya Allah I wish I could also do the same and then he would go to sleep and wake up in the last part of the night and make some few rakats of tahajjud and then proceed for fajr so this person heard this and he said look this is it Allah knows best the reality but the indications are that this is it what he could do he didn't shirk and what he couldn't do which was at a very high level whole night of ibadat but he still had that zeal in his heart I wish I could do this he wasn't his heart wasn't pumping about dunya how I wish I could have that as well that person is driving something else how I wish I could have that that person has this how I wish I could be having that as well his heart was hoping that I could have done what that person is doing in deen so though he didn't himself manage to do it but his zeal might have been so great and so sincere Allah Ta'ala blessed him with a higher rank so sari'u rushing towards this and this is the muttaqeen this jannah that's prepared for the muttaqeen now the muttaqeen we just discussed already it's a very comprehensive thing everything is in place but then Allah Ta'ala highlights certain special qualities of the muttaqeen so all these things are part of the muttaqeen but the highlights الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ those who spend in ease and in adversity in good times too they spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala on the poor, the needy, whatever good causes they are and they spend in adversity as well whatever the capacity is perhaps at once upon a time a person could spend so much more and for some reason that's not possible but he doesn't stop 
Allah Ta'ala doesn't look at the quantity alone. Allah Ta'ala looks at the intention and the sincerity and what zeal this is given with. And sometimes it might be that the quantity of somebody is small but his sacrifice is greater. Because he gave 10 rands out of the only 100 that he has. He's given 10%. And somebody else gave 1000 out of the 100,000 he has. He's given 1%. So this person sacrificed, though the quantity is small, 100 rands, but the sacrifice is far greater. Allah will reward him accordingly. And that person's sincerity, Allah will reward him for his quantity as well. But this spending doesn't stop for the cause of deen. And especially in the times of difficulty, a person must make a point of spending. Not that if he's owing people money now, he's giving all his sadaqah and telling them that look, you'll get it in the akhirah from my side. No, no, then his priority is to fulfill his debts. But whatever he can, a little, if there's some arrangements in place, so there's still some surplus, he can afford one rand a day, he'll give one rand a day in sadaqah. The sadaqah must never stop. Especially that secret sadaqah, sadaqatu sir, tutfi'u ghadabar rab. That sadaqah which only that person and Allah Ta'ala know, Nabi Islam says, it extinguishes the wrath of Allah Ta'ala, meaning it saves him from azab. That azab which was descending, he'll get saved from it. Sadaqah is a very great protection. Tadfa'u In one hadith it comes, that sadaqah prevents and protects from a bad death. This is a glad tiding for the person who is very, very conscious about sadaqah that inshallah he'll have a good ending. So, this is the one highlight Allah Ta'ala mentions. Then Allah Ta'ala says, وَالْكَعْظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ who are these muttaqeen? So they have all the things in their lives. Obviously they have salah, they have zakat, they have fasting, they have hajj, whatever Allah's commands are. And they stay away from sin. But Allah is giving some highlights for us that look, this mustn't ever be forgotten because otherwise the muttaqi there's something very deficient. What is also part of them? وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ That they suppress their anger. They suppress their anger. Now when we think about taqwa, we only think in the form of certain ibadat. The whole night in tilawat of the Quran Sharif, Alhamdulillah, excellent. Tahajjud every night, excellent. But have we thought about this being part of taqwa? Suppressing anger being part of taqwa, on which Allah is promising Jannah, Uiddat lil muttaqeen. وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, مَنْ كَوَمَ غَيْظًا وَهُوَ قَادِرٌ عَلَىٰ إِنْفَادِهِ The person who restrains his anger where he could have vented it. Because anger also, many times the common phrase is that I just lost it. Meaning that I was trying to look after it, but I got lost. So in other words, it's not my fault now. We just got lost. But that which we sometimes don't manage to look after, it just gets lost. But that is a very, very intelligent thing. It remembers where it must not get lost. Where suddenly somebody else is in front, who if we try to vent our anger, then it is like a death sentence upon ourselves. 
Meaning that we're going to be in big trouble because this person is looking for a fight. And he's all ready for it. And he's double the... He's a heavyweight champ. So now in that situation, a person very quickly realizes that my afiyat here is, and my safety is that I just rather keep quiet. You know, there's so much of reward for sabr. If I'm not going to make sabr now, when am I going to make it? So now he suddenly remembered the reward of sabr and he quietly went away. Because on this occasion, if he decided to mm, use the same line which he normally uses, and anybody tramps my toes, then I'll chop their nose. Now suddenly he looked after his nose too and quietly went away. Why? Because this situation was beyond him. But otherwise, then he just went in and said, I got, he just lost it. So Nabi starts me saying, where he says he just lost it, he didn't lose it. Well, kaavimin al where there's somebody weaker than him, might be his wife, it might be somebody else, it might be some subordinate of some sort, and he can vent it, but he's restraining it for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. Well, kaavimin al So Nabi Salaam says, the person who restrains it, man kazama ghayzan wa huwa qadirun ala infadih, Allah will fill his heart with peace and with iman. Allah will fill his heart with peace and with iman. Subhanallah. Have we ever pondered on this? The taqwa, Allah has, what he spelled out and highlighted as an as a attribute of taqwa. And taqwa Allah says, this is iddat bil muttaqeen. Jannat is for the muttaqeen. But then this doesn't stop there. Allah Ta'ala says, وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ And then they forgive. And doesn't stop there also. وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah Ta'ala loves those who do good. Meaning, whatever happened, happened. But they still return the bad treatment with good treatment. This is the position Allah Ta'ala wants to take this banda of his to. This is all about akhlaq. All these aspects, restraining anger, forgiving, returning bad treatment with good treatment, all this is to do with akhlaq. And akhlaq is that aspect which Rasulullah says in the Hadith Sharif, Akmalul Mu'minina, that the person, I, Akmalul Mu'minina imanan ahsanuhum khuluqa. Akmalul Mu'minin. The person, the believer with the most perfect iman. Akmalul Mu'minina iman. Most perfect iman is who? Ahsanuhum khuluqa. The one with the best akhlaq. In other words, he's got everything else in place, but if the akhlaq is deficient, his iman is deficient. <coughs> he cannot reach the perfection of iman without first beautifying his akhlaq. Now sometimes the efforts are made, mashallah, in many, many other aspects of life. Sometimes a person, mashallah, in ibadat, he is progressing. Excellent, alhamdulillah. In other amal, he is progressing. But very often, we lack, far behind, we lag in terms of akhlaq. And whereas akhlaq is the greatest da'wat, there's an old propaganda that has carried on for centuries, that Islam spread with the sword. And up to this day, you'll find somewhere somebody is repeating this line. Just out of that ignorance or out of just whatever else. 
So that is the biggest misconception that can ever be put forward. Because Iman is something hidden in the heart. A sword can't put something in somebody's heart. Can maybe bring it on his tongue, but you can't put Iman in the heart with a sword. That's the biggest lie. In fact, they did everything to try to take the Iman out. They dragged them on the hot sands of Makkah, Mukarramah, placed boulders on their chest, whooped them, and what not they did to try to take the Iman away. But the Sahaba were Sahaba after all. They said, you can do what you wish, nothing will take it away. But yes, in a figurative way, this line can be true. That yes, Islam spread with the sword, which sword? The sword of akhlaq, which penetrated into the hearts of people. The sword in the hand, that can only chop somebody's neck. They can't put anything in any person's heart. But the sword of akhlaq, that penetrated people's hearts. And it brought them into deen in droves. So this is the message of this ayat of the Quran Sharif. That deen is comprehensive. Everything Allah has given us, Rasulullah has shown us, all this is part of deen. In this deen are the do's also, which have to be done. And there's the don'ts also, which have to be refrained from. And when both this is in place, whether it's in the department of the, the ibadat, whether in terms of mu'amalat and mu'asharat, our monetary dealings, our social dealings, whether it's regarding akhlaq, all the good akhlaq is being adopted, the poor character is being cleansed out, then this is a complete mu'min, and then this person inshallah will reach the higher levels of iman, and earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in dunya also, Allah Ta'ala will take him to highs in akhirat as well. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq, that we take these lessons of the Quran Sharif to heart, and we practice on them, we make our akhlaq, the kind of akhlaq that Rasulullah Sallallahu taught, and this becomes the biggest da'wat. May Allah Ta'ala make us true da'is in our every action and word, that all those who are around us all the time, they are seeing Islam being loved. And this becomes an invitation for them, whether in the workplace, whether in our homes, whether out on the street, whether in how we deal with any stranger or anybody whether we know, that that, that dealing becomes a dawah to him. The manner of communication becomes a dawah to him. And whatever interaction there has been, that becomes an example of a mu'min. That this is something different. What is this about? That this is the teachings of my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa This is nothing else. It is his Mubarak way of life. That is what it is all about. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me all of us a tawfiq. Allah ta'ala keep us steadfast on deen and iman. Take us on perfect iman. And raise us on the day of qiyamah of iman. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsithana an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدي أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج الكرب عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم 
ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله